Hi, Chen Xiang. Hello. Thanks for coming by for this interview. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to catch up with you, especially after the SEA Games. And it's a great chance for us to you know, unpack your journey as an athlete, you know, going all the way back to your early days. So maybe just to start things off, uh, can you just share with us, you know, how did you get started in your sport? Um, well, I, I grew up doing a lot of sports. Okay. Uh, I would say I did everything from table tennis to volleyball to swimming. I started swimming when I was K2 or primary one. Okay. Um, and track and field in uh, P4, so 10 years old. But I think I think um, I started in sec one with cross country because my older brother was doing cross country. Right. So you just follow your brother and I just did cross country. Um, at the same time, track season was about two months after the cross country season. So right. most of the time, the crosses will convert to track to the track events after that. And as a sec one, I wasn't fast enough to make the C division team for like the 800,005 and the longer distances. So um, I asked the coach, the track coach, and he said, oh, there's one slot available for hurdles. Okay. And at that point in time, my dad, uh, at I think 12 years old, after PSI, my dad uh, had taught my younger brother and I how to hurdle. Uh, it was like a weekend thing. Um, he used like the old table, dismantled it, made a, used a frame and created two hurdles, and then he taught us how to hurdle. And this was at 12? At 12 years old. Okay. So at 13, I was like, oh, I told the coach, I know how to hurdle, can I try? It seems like one slot <laughs> available, right? Then he was like, he was a bit tentative. But I'm sure he was, he was like, Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I was quite short at that time. So it was okay. actually a safety issue if I wasn't able to hurdle well, right? right? So he was, okay, why don't you hurdle now? And, and if I think it's safe, then we let you hurdle. So, so, so he saw me hurdle and, and, and I think I was quite flexible at that time. Uh, even though I was short and um, I, I did pretty okay. okay. So it's like, okay, you can, you can train with me. I'll, I'll make sure you train properly and, and guide you until, until nationals. Actually, so before you carry on that, I'm very intrigued that you did multiple sports in your what, primary school days. Primary school days, okay. yes. tell, tell me about that. How did you come by doing all these sports? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, swimming, my whole family did swimming. So sister did swimming, so older, brother did swimming, then I did swimming, my younger brother did swimming, we all swam. Okay. Then, uh, so I swam from K2 or P1 all the way to P6. And I actually did a little bit, a little bit of swimming even in Sec 3 and Sec 4 for the school, for, for raffles, okay. um, just to make up numbers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Collect points. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, and then table tennis in P1, P2, okay. I think similarly cause my older brother did table tennis, like okay. he was trying different sports and it's like, older brother goes, so younger brother goes as well. Yeah, um, volleyball in P4. Uh, I think because during PE, the volleyball teacher saw me doing volleyball right. during PE and she was like, join the volleyball team. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I joined the volleyball team. And, and P4 was CCA selection and naturally my dad was a track and field athlete as well. So he right. told me to join track and field and I went for the selections. So if it's not school, then it was presumably your dad Taking you all out to swim, taking you all out yes. to uh, do other sports. To do other sports, mainly on the weekends, yeah. Okay. Actually, he did that because uh, he never really liked uh, us to spend too much time at home, yeah. uh, indoors, right. um, during our free time, especially like watching TV or playing computer games. He rather we spend evening times um, outdoors, outdoors, playing sports, running, yeah. swimming, yeah, racket sports like badminton in the courtyard or right. or like in the driveway or some something like that. Yeah. So all of you were just encouraged to go out hang out outside yes. and I presume your, your dad joined in yes and, you know made it fun for you all definitely yeah okay so your your early memories of uh, your primary school days is just 
Sports, sports, sports. Yep, play different sports. Of course, a lot of studying as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then getting back to uh, your sec one, sec two days. So you, you made the cut, you impressed the coach, surprised him that you could hurdle because I'm sure not many sec one uh, students go up to a coach and say, hey, I can hurdle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that must have been a rarity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I told him my dad, my dad taught me how to hurdle last time and, and, and so I just did it. Lah. Mm. But, but of course, because I was short, I, I think in sec, in sec one, I didn't even qualify for the finals. Right. But to me, it was fine. I, I got to compete and represent the school. I was happy with that. Um, mm. And then in sec two, same thing happened. This time, a little taller and you are 14 years old in the C division, so right. your chances are a bit better. Right. I was still very small, but I came in eighth position. When I made the finals, I was like, I achieved my target and I was like super happy. Yeah. So, so you were just happy to be there. Yeah, I was happy to make the finals. That was okay. Even though you came in eighth. Yes, I came in eighth. Essentially last. Yes, <laughs> last, no, not last, last in no. the finals. Last in the finals. Yeah, okay. they were, they were, yeah. so for me it was great okay. to, to make the finals. Um, yeah, and some of my friends uh, reminded me recently of, of, of the old videos they had of me coming in last. <laughs> in, in the, the final. C division finals, yeah. In the C division finals, yeah. okay. What was it about uh, hurdling at that point that you know made you dare try because you know hurdling is not everyone's uh, cup of tea right? what was it about hurdling that attracted you i and it still does i feel like hurdling is a blend of speed and power mm. as well as agility and skill mm. in a sense that you must have that basic raw speed power and strength to sprint hurdles is a sprint event yeah uh, at the same time, you have to balance it with control over the hurdles, uh, flexibility and accuracy to make sure that you scheme across the hurdles, um, you don't hit the hurdles, you don't go too high over, over the hurdles because that wouldn't be optimal. So that's that, that idea of always chasing perfection mm. in the skill right. mixed with power and strength. Right, so yeah. this is a very delicate balance yes. of yeah. speed and power with control yes because you have to clear it yeah at an optimal way exactly okay yeah. okay and there are always small things you can improve on that you you, are, you never hit perfection so you just keep trying to improve the little things and and mm. you know every hurdle there are 10 hurdles right if i cut 0.01 per hurdle i improve by 0.1 seconds okay. which is quite a lot yeah so you are in c division what kind of uh, training uh, rhythm did you have what was your intensity of uh, training oh, at that time um so C division, I was still juggling uh, cross country and then two months later, track and field season. So okay. for the whole year, I'm just doing cross country. Um, and then two months before, I do track. So you three, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, okay. track and field, yeah. So life was three times a week training, whether cross country or, or Yeah, track? I think cross country would be four times you a week. You were doing four yeah, times? With a Saturday morning. Yeah. Okay. And what was it like at C division level, balancing sports and studies, even now looking back? What do you remember? I would say, as a student athlete, studies always came first. Mm. Yeah, so you you gotta be responsible for your studies, lah. Um, yeah, I was in Raffles. You make sure you you study hard, you do your work, and then in the afternoons or evenings, you go for training. And then you train, go back home, do your homework, and the next day repeats. I think that's a typical life of most student athletes. When you transition into Raffles, what were some of the major challenges, you know, balancing sports and studies in a obviously a competitive academic environment? Yeah, I would say I would say probably having an increased number of subject, the subject loads mean, meant you need to um, be able to juggle the various subjects and not neglect mm. weaker subjects. Um, 
that was probably the hardest transition uh, having multiple subjects at once mm. um, yeah but in terms of sports I think being in a secondary school you have structure which makes things easy you follow the timetable you do mm. your homework you follow your CCA um, based on what your coaches say and teacher in charge says and yeah you just do, do both accordingly so the structure was in a way uh, helpful for definitely you. it gave you uh, you knew what to do at a certain time of the day yes you just kept going yeah okay and then during the holidays um you train in the mornings um and then the rest of it is free for you to okay. study revise um revise what happened in the past few months prepare ahead for the next few months um sleep enough catch on your rest do your homework go and play yeah okay so that c division Looks like, sounds like it was okay, you are handling it well, you, you have more subjects, but you got a handle on that. Yeah. Um, then you move into B division, sec 3 now, what was life like when you made that jump? So, as you remember. I think, I think B division, even more subjects, if I'm not wrong, because the sciences split into three. Okay. Um, and there's humanities, which, uh, yeah, which split into history and jobs, if I'm not wrong. So, and social studies. So you have a lot more subjects. Mm. Um, and now you are a bit more cognizant of, you know, trying to medal at ah. or do well at the national schools. Okay. Right. So so now you are, you feel a little bit more pressure. You are you are in the senior ranks, right? Okay. As a, okay. In, in in raffle. So it's not just about making the final anymore. Yeah. It's about medals. Medals. I are... I guess I guess so. For, okay. So for for me in sec three, sports wise was you know again you are fifteen years old competing with the sixteen yep. year old kids my aim was to make the finals again right. uh, which i did I, I came in seven this time so for me it's an <laughs> improvement happy about it right. uh, but for myself for sports i decided then after sec two to really just focus purely on track and field okay so i, so I made the switch uh, away from cross into track and field tell me a bit more about the thinking behind that um so my thought process was you know with two months of training i could do reasonably well mm. in track and field so why not why not focus my efforts on that and see how far that can take me okay yeah okay that, that was the thought process and i really enjoyed hurdling okay. as well yeah okay so it was not so much like very difficult to give up uh, cross country but something that's attracting you towards hurdling i would say so i okay. i would say yeah i was quite attracted towards hurdling and and really seeing how far i could go that, over there mm. um, but cross country as it's yours right because uh there is a huge sense of satisfaction after every training session okay. which sprinting doesn't really give ah, personally i okay. find tell, tell me more about yeah so that. so cross country i mean when you do your interval workouts when you do your long runs right you finish the workout good or bad you have that sense of achievement of accomplishing something difficult mm. but for sprint workouts um i don't seem to get that satisfaction okay unless i break a new personal best hit new uh, PBs in the in the sprints, in the jumps, in the weights room, something like that. Okay. But the workout in itself um, doesn't seem to have that maybe endorphin release. Okay, yeah. I was just going to ask you yeah. whether is it the physiological difference? In maybe, terms of maybe, the but also a sense of satisfaction event. of completing the workout. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so even though it doesn't give you that same level of satisfaction, you were still drawn to hurdling for the pursuit of perfection. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this ideal of hurdling, this ideal you have in your mind of, of balancing power, speed with control, yeah. that was the main attraction. Yeah, and when you like unlock, unlock certain 
technical improvements, that is very satisfying. I yeah. see, okay. Yeah. okay. If you manage to correct something you've been working on for a few months, that is very satisfying. Okay. Yeah. So that so you leave the world of cross country behind. Yeah. <laughs> now you are in the world of uh, hurdling and hurdling only. Uh, yes. What were yeah. some of the first things you noticed about just focusing on one event? <laughs> so, um, I mean, that gave me a lot more time to work on my base speed. Okay. Uh, base speed, strength, and and refine the hurdling technique, lah. Okay. Uh, at the same time. I think you also gave me time to work on. I, at that time, I did both the hundred hurdles and the four hundred hurdles. Okay. So then it gave me time to focus on both events. Okay. Yeah. Um, and your intensity is about still three times a week. Three to four times. Four yeah. Times three to four times. I'm. I'm. If I remember correctly, I guess leading up to the nationals, it bumps up to four times a week. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And now that you had more subjects, again the sports study balance. How was that for you? you know, I. In I if I remember correctly, it still was pretty okay. Mm. Um, I would say that is because you have been through the system for a few years. You roughly know what to expect. Okay. You know what the timeline in school is like, so you can preempt and prepare okay. in advance. Okay. So if you know nationals are going to come up in April, then you make sure you know February March you either study ahead of time or you yep. better make sure you are on schedule, okay. so that when you miss classes. You don't fall back too much. Okay. So okay. in general, I really try to study in advance if I can. So once I miss classes, then I fall back to be on pace with everyone again. Okay. Yeah. And that motivation to study ahead of time, to uh, structure your time well, uh, use your time well. Where where did that motivation come from? Motivation. I would say, I wanted to make sure that I could juggle both well. Cause mm. like like I said, as a student athlete, you really need to make sure your studies is okay. Mm. Uh, if not, if not, you defeat the primary purpose of being a student. Mm. Uh, and of course, my parents uh, encourage me to, you know, tell me you can do both, right? But make make sure you don't neglect your studies for for your sport. Mm. Um, and and they were very encouraging to let me train as much as I wanted mm. and supported me during competitions. Okay. Um, and also, I mean, they were the ones who told me, you know, study ahead of time so that you don't. You don't yeah. struggle after your competition. So you experienced your parents as encouraging. Definitely. Um, in what way? And giving me advice. Yeah. Okay. In what way did they show the encouragement? Oh, definitely. Advice. In terms of um, all aspects of my life. Okay. I mean, they drive me around. They, okay. um, they bring me for training. Right. They prepare food for me. Okay. They support me at every competition. Um, as in, they are there. They are there watching you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so so they will take leave to go and support me at competition. Right. So that right. that is the level of sacrifice and and support they have shown throughout my years all the okay. way. Yeah. On that point, you know, having your parents in the stands watching mm. you race, can you uh, recall how did it feel to to have your parents there? I I never felt any pressure from them okay. because the, the the idea that they, I mean, they, they told me and my dad especially always reminds me. I mean, he he being an athlete, so he said, just do your best. Mm. Um, we cannot ask for anything more, right. right? Right. If if as long as you do your best, that's all we are we are looking for, and and we'll be happy while the result comes. Right. And and that has stuck with me through my past 14, 15 years as an athlete, mm-hmm. um, because you cannot control that. You cannot control a lot of things. Right. You can control yourself. You can control your performance, but whether you come in first or last, you cannot control. Right. Um, what other people do, you cannot control. You mm-hmm. can only control how you perform. Okay. And as long as you give your best effort, 
no one can ask for anything more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you experience your parents as physically present, helpful, you know, like you said, bringing you around, driving you around, uh, and the words they use also were, were encouraging to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was never it was never about winning, never on the medals. It was always about battering your own timing. Okay. And 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 just making sure you give your best shot. Okay. Yeah. And, and the fact that your dad was a track and field athlete, what kind of conversations were you having? Oh, it was always about hurdles and sprinting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And my younger brother was also hurdling at the time. Right. So like dinner, dinner was always we always talked about track and field. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it could be a very highly technical uh, conversation. Yes, it could be. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, sec three, uh, you're focusing on hurdling. Uh, now it's about medals, and you said the, the pressure of that. Can you talk a bit about that pressure as you understand it now? Um, Looking back. So yeah, I mean, I guess as a as you get older through secondary school, you wanna you wanna you know win for the school. Um, as but like I said, as much as I wanted to win, mm-hmm. my dad reminded me that you know it's it's about performing to the best of your ability. So mm-hmm. so I was also conscious that um, it wasn't about winning. Mm-hmm only right it wasn't just about winning it was about improving on yourself okay. which um yeah so moving to sec four uh then i i i grew i grown quite a bit then so my oh. height was good good for hurdling so already. when was your oh was i think spurt? in sec three i grew 10 cm sec four i grew another 10 cm yeah Whoa. so i was really short at, in sec two if you can imagine what was your height i was like you can i think sec two was 160 okay. then at the end of sec three i became 170 and then by the end of sec four I was about 180 Wow. Then I grew a little bit, 2-3 cm in uh, JC. Okay, 20 yeah. cm in two years. That's yeah. Huge. Huge, okay. huge, yeah. We <laughs> shot, yeah. Growth. So, so okay. definitely, I mean, with, the, with, the, with puberty, you get stronger, you get faster, uh, you get taller, which makes the hurdles easier to clear. That's right. Yeah, and, and so in sec 4, I came in second. So obviously, in sec 3 and sec 4, the hurdle height does not change, right? Yes. So do you recall how you felt as you grew 20 cm? Like the <laughs> obviously the, the sense of the hurdle to you changed very so the hurdle drastically. Height, okay. Sec 3 the hurdle height was at 91 cm. Okay. Hurdle 4 the hurdle height didn't change. It was still at 94, but uh, the distance changed to 110 meters. Ah, so okay. previously it was uh, it, there was a switch la. Basically it was 100 meter hurdles over 91 cm all the while back. And then uh, because they transitioned to the world uh, athletics requirements, so it got changed to 110 meter hurdles over 91. So the distance from 100 become 110, uh, which meant that in between each hurdle, instead of being 8.5 meters apart, it became 9.1 meters okay. apart. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, if you are not tall enough, you cannot reach. Yeah. So okay. fortunately, I grew 10 cm when they switched it, and and then I could reach sufficiently well enough. Yeah. When you say cannot reach, can you explain? Oh, because, because uh, from 8.5 to 9.1 meters apart, mm. it's an extra 60-65 cm, right? So if you are short, then your stride length is smaller. Okay. Yeah, okay. so so then then you have to like take very big steps, or instead of doing three steps, you have to do four steps. And four steps, you are not competitive really, because okay. it's you extra step. Wasting too much time on yeah, the ground. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I see. Alright, so huge growth spurt. Yeah. Suddenly, like okay, the hurdle is easier to clear yeah, in I a way. So. Yeah. Um, and so sec four, tell me about your sec four year now that you're in B division and yeah. So what I mean, is the medal expectation correct. So going to national schools, I remember that you know I three years national schools I never won any medal. Right. It's like 
this is like the final year, final year in sec four, and uh, and I know my my timing was reasonably good to to win a medal. Um, so going out was a bit stressed, wanting to win a medal, but of course my dad reminded me, you know, do your best, right? Do your best. That's all, right? First or last, just do your best. Mm. We we are proud of you, no matter what position you come in. Mm. So went in, I I came in second, and I remember crossing the line and and feeling really happy, mm. really happy. Yeah. Um, you know, there are times when you cross the line and you feel relieved rather than happy. Okay. Um, sec 2, silver medal, happy. happy. Like pure joy, yeah. Okay. And what, what did you do when you felt so happy? Was there something uh, unique about that day that you did to mark that occasion? No, I, I, well, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had a family dinner, but I don't really okay. remember. I, my younger brother, got the gold medal in C division because my younger brother is two years younger than me uh, so he would have been C division I was B division okay yeah probably a family that I can't remember so silver first medal in four years of yeah. uh, NSG yeah okay okay and you said you feel not relieved but just happy, happy. You know? yeah and that was must have been the high watermark of four years of uh, hurdling yes for me that was, that was one of the one of, really one of the uh, my most memorable experiences. Okay. Yeah. And how did that affect you or cement your direction? Knowing that okay, I I've got this medal. So so that made me feel also that you know the decision to switch from cross country track and field was now validated. Yeah, validated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in a, like, in a sense, yeah. I made the right decision. Yeah, in a sense. <laughs> okay. And then. Now that you're done with B Division, what was uh, next on your mind? Heading into mm. so uh, AC Life. So, uh, in terms of sports, mm. I knew that going into J1 at 17 years old, there were quite a few big competitions lined up right. for youth athletes. There was World Youth, Commonwealth Youth, uh, C, C Youth, C Juniors. Okay. Yeah. So, um, actually, in SEC 4, I went for C Juniors. So as a okay, so in track and field, there's youth, there's junior, and then there's senior or open. Mm. Youths are 17, 16 or 17 years old, and then juniors are 18, 19 years old, and then you have senior, which is yeah. well, anyone open. can participate in. Um, so as a 16 year old, I took part in the junior category, right? Okay, which which uh, which is about a level higher than me, right. and the hurdle height also jumps right. to ni- from 91 to 99. Oh, so I had jump. yeah, there was a jump. So I I I trained for that because uh. Um, I think Singapore Athletics wanted to send me for it, so okay. so I, I trained for that, and I that was my first time representing Singapore. Right. Yeah, in C Junior, and you I did relatively well. Then. I was okay. sixteen. Yes, okay. end of year. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that first time you've been picked to represent Singapore. Yes, definitely excited. Right. Um, super excited to represent Singapore, getting on the Singapore gears like right. Right. so so cool to open up the star, getting your track suits, your singlets. Okay competition attire and then traveling with the team and then I was probably probably the youngest right or, or yeah one of the youngest going yeah. and where was this held uh, it was in Thailand or Bangkok okay yeah so you're 16 you get selected to represent your country for the first time you get all the cool gear um, what was track and field like for you as you think about transitioning to you know the A levels and JC life yeah. yeah, so so I mean that opened up possibility the possibility that you know you, you can become I mean now you in a sense you are a national athlete at the youth junior level. Okay. But but um I mean I wasn't thinking so far, right? I wasn't thinking far into the senior ranks. Like, okay. It was like 
okay, next year I know now there's World Youth, there's Commonwealth Youth, there's right. a C Youth okay. coming up. Uh, so I'll aim for that. Okay. So going to J1, 17 years old, that, that was on my radar, lah, which means okay. I had to hit the qualifying marks in January, mm. February, then I could go for all of that. Um, and I did, January, February my races, I did well, personal okay. best, qualified for all those races. Mm. Uh, and I was like, very happy I made, made the qualifying mm. and, and you know, have, have my tickets to all those races. Lah. Right. And it's exciting, right? Because World Youth was in France, uh, Commonwealth Youth was in Art of Man. Wow. Uh, okay. Interesting place, you never That's heard right. of it. Yeah. You go and find it on the world map. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and see youth, you know, like, okay, see youth, you're probably competitive enough to win something mm. now. Um, yeah. But at the same time, academic wise, yes. right? It's like, oh, going to JC, A levels is in J2. Big step. Uh, right? Yeah. And then suddenly the, the volume of stuff you need to study is so much more. Mm. Um, I would say, I would say that again, I, I knew I had to focus both on my studies and sports. Okay. I was really excited about my sports. Probably I should have spent a bit more time studying. Um, so I, I would say I just continued my strategy of what I was doing in set one to set four, you know, mm. into JC. And I think it wasn't enough. Uh, okay. I, I should have put in more time studying. Okay, yeah. so the demands of the academic workload needed yeah. more time. Yes, you definitely needed more time to study and you, you, couldn't, uh, you couldn't use the same like, strategies used in secondary school for like A-level. And when did that uh, occur to you? <laughs> um, I would say mid-year exams. Okay. And then I got my grades and it wasn't like, uh, okay, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I was expecting. Right. Okay. And my, my dad was, of course, like, uh, these grades aren't good enough. Like, you better buck up. Then I was like, ah. okay, I'll buck up. So I started studying a bit harder. Okay. Uh, I think at that point in time, I was, yeah, I was still going for overseas meets. Okay. Um, so the grades was one signal. Your dad is another signal yeah. point, data point. Yeah. Did you get any s- signals from the school? The school... Uh, not at that point in time. Okay. Not at that point in time, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, at that point in time, I was missing quite a bit of school. Because, I mean, you have school nationals. Yes. Then I went overseas for a few meets. Right. Uh, so I, 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 was, I was very thankful that my, my classmates were, were helping me with that. Lah. I mean, they were right. I'll just copy their notes, you know, right. find out what I missed. Right. Anything I clarified them or the teacher. Mm. Um, and, and funnily enough, some of my close classmates in JC, I, now, uh, went through, I went through medical school with them. And we are still very close, like even now as doctors. Okay. Yeah. So Chen Xiang, JC1 is a major transition uh, year, you know, you're coming from uh, secondary school workload. Now you're in JC1. You're balancing uh, sports at an even higher level now. So academics level goes up, sports expectations, sports level also goes up. Tell me about that year. Yeah. So I I remember, I remember using the same techniques which I did in secondary school and applying to JC, but I didn't. I guess I didn't factor in the fact that I was competing a lot more and missing a lot more school yeah. because of the overseas meets. Um, and and so so I think my grades was uh, suffering a bit, which my dad reminded me and uh, to, to to focus on mm. So then so I started studying, increasing the intensity and the amount of studying I was doing towards the end of the year because promos was end of the year and, and that was probably the most important exam, right? Um, but at the same time, I think I was still going on one or two more competitions in the August period. Um, yeah, then end of years came. I. I got my results back. I was very happy. I right. told my dad. Then he was like, 
that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, <laughs> so you are happy. I'm happy with my results. But your dad is not happy. <laughs> my dad okay. is not happy with the results. That must have been a very interesting conversation. Yes, to say I mean, I was like, I was like, you know, but you know, everyone else did this and I did this. Okay. It's it's okay, and and look at the improvement from the mid year exams, uh, right? Right. Um, and then uh, he was like, no, it's still not good enough. A levels are next year. If you want to continue competing. You need to bring your grades even better. If not, you won't compete next year. I see. So that was the ultimatum he gave me. Can I ask you, what was that feeling as you had that conversation and that ultimatum given to you? Yeah, I mean, I mean my heart sank for sure. Because J2 was a world juniors. Okay. Yeah, so I really want to go for that. Um, and, and that was like the big one on my radar. Lah. And of course, there's national schools, right? So, so I was like, okay, uh, I'll study hard. So holidays were November, December. Mm. And so I just study every day. Yeah, it will be morning training during the holidays. No, holidays in December, yeah, one month. So morning training and then uh, study after that. Okay. Um, and just like that for the whole month. When you say after that, like how long are you talking about? The whole day. Right. Yeah. For after lunch. After lunch, you study. You are sitting then, there at your desk. Yeah. Doing your work, revising. Exactly. Catching up on all the previous months of okay. missed classes. So you're telling me you spend three, four hours in the morning going to training, yeah. training, then you dedicated easily another seven, eight hours? Probably something like that, yeah. Okay. Minimally six. Yeah. Okay. And you were doing this five, Every day for the whole month. Every day for the whole yeah. month. Okay. Tell so me about that time. It okay. was, it was really because I knew I was, I needed to get my studies ready for, uh, for J2. Well, number one, catch up on my J1 yeah. um, classes and, topics that I missed and prepare for J2 because if I was going to go and compete overseas again, mm -hmm. that same strategy which had failed me, at least in terms of expectations, okay. uh, couldn't, wouldn't work in J2 right, right. and J2 would have an increased workload anyway. Okay. So I had to change my tactics, um, study harder and study in advance now. Okay. So in December, I used it to catch up and study in advance. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I remember that I studied in advance because I do remember one geography lesson whereby I, I turned to my friend and said, hey, haven't we studied this before? Like, why is the teacher repeating the same topic again? Then I was like, no, this is new. Right. Then I saw that, oh, I, I had actually read my serious notes in preparation for the lesson back in December. Yeah. Right. So, okay. so I remember studying in advance so that when the time came for school uh, and when I went, went to compete, I would be ready. Okay. Um, yeah. And where were you competing in J2? Tell me about the competitions so, in J2. So I was, the, the big one was really going to World Juniors. I think sometime in July, August period. Okay. And it was cutting close because A-levels was in October, November, if I'm not wrong. Right. Uh, yeah, or November. So I was aiming for that, and which meant I, need to, I needed to qualify early in the year. But unfortunately, or fortunately, I got injured in March. Just three, two or three weeks leading up to national schools. Yeah. It was a back injury. Um, so, you know, I was like devastated. I was like, I can't compete in nationals, number right. one. And, and I can't go for World Juniors because mm. um, I didn't hit the qualifying time. Or actually I did. I did hit the qualifying back in J1, but it's just outside of the, the qualifying window. window. Yeah. Uh. So I had to repeat the timing again. Which, I mean, you know it's possible because you've done it before. You just needed to do it, but I'm injured now and I can't do it. How did you get injured? Uh, I, I can't pinpoint the exact 
uh, day which I got injured, I just know it was a gradual few weeks in which my, my back started complaining mm-hmm. and then I rested one, two days and it got better. Then after that, it became like needing to rest three, four days, then uh-huh. it got better. Then after that, one whole week before it got better. And then you go back to train and suddenly there's a huge sharp pain in your back. And then I uh, went to see the doctor and told me to rest, you know, don't, don't, don't push it anymore. What was the issue? Um, I think it was a sleep disc if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Okay. It was a sleep disc, so you know, doctor advice was to rest, you know, let it recover, um, make sure no nerve damage, right? Those kind of things. So, um, so end of season. It was supposed to be the end of season, uh, but of course, you know, you don't give up. <laughs> so, against doctor's advice, which I do not recommend, um, <laughs> we were like, you know, let's try. So, okay. tried jogging was wow, still painful. Never mind. Never mind. Go down to the competition day warm up and just run so that's how i did oh and i ran for energy so I just, for nationals yeah, literally went down on competition day warmed up and ran okay and and, and i came in first <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, yeah it's just like uh, you know just wing it and run okay yeah so and you're was, saying you ran nationals without even training yeah in the preceding two three weeks, in yeah. the preceding two three is because of the back because injury. of my injury yeah okay yeah yeah so you decided you are going to run regardless. Yes. I mean, I was, I was, a, I was the okay. team captain. Um, okay. I didn't want to let the school down. Right. I mean, of, course, of course, the teacher said, don't run, right? Okay. Don't run. Um, and discuss this with my teachers, my, with my parents, or and of course, the doctor, mm. which against advice, which again, I said, I do not recommend to go against medical advice. But um, I sort of knew my body, and I, I guess that much that I could last I could last the heats and the finals, two races in, in one day. Okay. Um, and, and so we did it. Lah. Okay. But uh, I was fortunate I, I didn't worsen the injury. I, I was actually quite quite scared about it. And, and I was very, very thankful um, and for, for making it through the race without getting worsening the injury. Lah. Okay. Yeah. How bad but looking back, pain? actually, it's probably not a good idea to do it. How bad was the pain? <laughs> I do not remember. Tolerable, I guess. Okay. Tolerable. Okay. Yeah, but I, I really can't remember now. I'm just happy I won. Happy I did what I needed to do. Happy I didn't get any further injury from it. Yeah. Right. right. I, I think it was more relief that I didn't get further, further injury. Injured. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then after that, now that you know that you can actually run through the pain, did that made you think, okay, maybe I can uh, run in World Junior? No, I don't think so. Nah, it was a it was a one time thing. Okay. Um, slow timing, but but. Yeah, definitely. I knew I needed to train properly to to qualify for the World Juniors, and with this pain, I couldn't train. Okay. So we decided, you know what? Um, let my back recover. I think probably had maybe one or two months to qualify. You know, take the next two three weeks to really rest up, which I did. And then I gradually started training up again after a two three week break. If okay. I'm not wrong, I can't remember the exact timeline now. Um, and then I started training lah to try and qualify. Mm. And and I remember. Um, Singapore Athletics organized a, a last, like a last qualifier attempt. Right, time trial. Time trial, yeah. Um, which I went for. Missed the, I wasn't fast enough to qualify. Okay. Yeah. And I was disappointed, but I knew that I had done what I could. Um, and I wasn't going for World Juniors. Okay. Which so, I say is, it may have been a blessing because it gave me more time to focus on my studies. After right. That, you because know? you have A-levels yeah. coming up. So I didn't have to worry too much about training. I could just, you know, switch my focus fully to, to studying. Mm. Um, and that's what I did. 
So I would say after the last qualifier, uh, last uh, time trial, maybe in June, mm. I can't remember exact time. Then it was like really just studying for A levels all the way to the end. Okay. Yeah. Of course, I kept fit through 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 training. Um, just general fitness. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you need to get some oxygen to the brain as well. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So in the way, the <laughs> blessing in disguise. I would say yeah, it was a blessing right. in disguise. I I looking back, it probably was a good thing that it yeah. happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Cleared the deck for A levels. Yeah. Because if not, you know, you know, as as athletes, you really or well, you want to do well for world junior, then you will train, 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 and probably will have ne- neglected your studies or not put in that much focus in your studies and you, who knows what will happen okay. yeah so a levels done and dusted out of the way your back injury healed up all right yes healed up well okay. no issues after that um and what? then a levels yeah thereafter okay and then after that is army right right yeah so what were the issues that were pressing for you thinking about army and your sport national service and sport mm, i mean for myself, it was it was you know if it's a new chapter in life, uh, you get posted to army. See where you get posted to. Do your best. I mean, my dad always taught me to just do my best wherever I am. Right. So if I'm in BMT, I do my best. If I get posted to OCS, I do my best. And and so that's what I did. I mean, I went through BMT, went to OCS for two and a half months. Then um, I got notified I got medicine. Right. So disrupted that's to right. study medicine thereafter. Yeah. Okay. And what was your time like in NS when, uh, okay, you didn't have to worry about NS and sport because yeah, you went to- I was in the training phase. So you pretty much, I mean, BMT, you pretty much BMT, can't train. You can't train, yeah. uh, OCS also is, is quite a packed course. Yeah. So, and then two and a half months, by the time I disrupted also. Yeah. I, I do remember um, uh, making sure that if we, I did have some free time, I continued uh, maintaining my, my, my core strength. Right. So, so that was something I remember doing when there were pockets of free time. I would continue doing small workouts, mini workouts throughout the day. Okay. Um, you know, like meal time regime. They may do pull ups before you have your meal. I would like really like go all out at it um, to make sure that I maintain my upper body strength. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in that way, I still maintain a certain level of fitness. So this was during your two and a half months before you mm, disrupted. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. So. In that sense, now you are in medical school, so the so now the issue is balancing medicine, medical school and training and competition and yes. traveling for competition. So let's talk about that part of life. <laughs> so going to medical school, I was like, I told my dad, like, I really want to focus on medical school. I'm be, I'm be like, do my best. Right. Um, I know and hearing from instance the volume of studying. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they say if you if you think A levels is bad. Right. Medical school is way worse, right. like the okay. top volume. The volume. So um, I was like, you know, I'm going to focus on my studies. Like I'm going to stop trying to Okay. Then my dad was like, no, you can do both. Ah, like, okay. Juggle both. Now so, I was like, no, I want to focus on medicine. Then I was like, no, you just do both. You so, can do both, just try. Oh, okay. So he told me to try. Interesting. You want to give I it up. I wanted to stop, yeah. But your dad is saying, no, do both. Do both. He and said it's possible to do both. Where was he coming from? I think he didn't want me to close my options too quickly. Okay. Yeah. But I guess from my point of view, I felt like he didn't know the volume of studying required. I mean, I'm sure he did. He, pro- he definitely had med- medical school friends and doctors. But like, you know, hearing from my seniors, it's like, you know, it's really so much studying to be done. Right. Uh, that I was a bit worried. I didn't want to neglect my studies, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. With his encouragement, I said, okay, give it a shot. So I think two months before IVP, 
uh, I started training lah. Same, two months, right? Always leave it to the last minute to train. <laughs> and then, um, IVP hits. I did 14.99. Okay. So this is over the senior height already. Okay. Um, and it was like, 14.99 was quite a, quite a good time. Mm. Um, and and I, looked, I did look back at previous IVP timings and, and 14.99 usually would be a medal, a medal timing. Lah. Um, and sub 15 is, is one significant milestone to hit as right. well, like as a, as a hunger. So I was like, okay, finals, let's see. I, I think I went in as a top qualifier. Mm. So I was like, you know, I can win this, right? Uh, finals, the gun goes off, third or fourth hurdle, pop, I, feel my, I feel my hamstring pull. I was like, oh. yeah, I, I, so, so I couldn't complete the race. Um, and then, and then I, I remember going, going to see um, the doctor after that and I was like, you know, should I even continue? How like, bad was the injury? I, I, I can't really, it, it wasn't that bad. I definitely didn't need surgery. It was okay. grade two, grade three kind of uh, injury, probably a grade two. Um, but, but it was painful to walk. It was painful to walk. And um, I took the next few weeks to really recover from it. Mm. It was probably my first hamstring pull. Okay. Out of many, right. as you can expect, um, as a sprinter, you have a lot of hamstring injuries. And I wanted to stop because it was like, you know, you train and then the chance of success is so low. Right. Injuries derail you from your plan. Mm. There's no real... What's the point? Yeah, yeah, what's the point, right? Like, I train and then I get injured. So I, I really wanted to stop at a point in time, but, but it was the 1499 that kept me going. It was... Okay. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't know what I've done if I run 15.00. Yeah, because 14.99 is, was to me a, a, a very good time. Mm. And I was like, ah, let's take this further and see how, how far I can go. So, yeah. so you were attracted to the 14.99. Like, yeah, and, and see how far it? I can go lower, I right? And my dad also told me, you know, there is SEA Games coming up in a one or in a two years time. Okay. Uh, or one and a half years time. I think that was, we were in and mid, mid 20, no, sorry, early 2014 at that time, right? So okay. it was about one and a half years to see games. Okay. So he was like, you know what, it's in Singapore, try for that. Um, then I looked at the qualifying time. It's like bronze medal mark. I think it was like 14-1. And I was like, but you, you, you know, it's like, it's possible because I just started only. Mm -hmm. I just started training. I barely trained for it for 14-9-9. To drop to 14-1, uh, very far, but but it's in Singapore, so chances are you don't need to hit the bronze medal, but they may make allowances because it's local competition, yeah. it's locally held. So it's like, okay, I'll try. So, so I, you were I, saying that you were thinking, what's the point? Yes. I want to give up, I'm injured. Yep. Why bother? So, so yeah, I feel a few things. One was the 1499 that kept me going and I really wanted to see how far I could go. And two, SEA Games was coming out. It's a good chance, you know, to go for my first SEA Games if I could mm -hmm. make it. Uh, on home soil, right. especially. Okay. So I think those two things um, kept me going. Uh, definitely, and definitely my dad's encouragement. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I literally owe it all to him because multiple times along the way, I wanted to quit. Okay, during yeah. medical school. Yeah, I mean, going okay. to medical school, medical school one, and then after the injury, right. the second time. Okay. Yeah. So twice up to that point, two times already he's saying, why don't you try, yeah, keep just going. Keep, just keep going, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So tell me about the lead up to SEA Games and going to mm. 2015. So I, I do remember 
then um, towards the end of 2014, there was uh, ASEAN Uni Games. Okay. So I, I, if I'm not wrong, I dropped the time down to about 14.8. Okay. Um, still not good enough to go ASEAN Uni Games. You needed to hit a 14.7 to go. Um, but I, I appealed to the sports, uh, NUS sports mm. team. And, and, and fortunately, they were very uh, supportive. And they sent me for ASEAN Uni Games. So again, that was... I would, if I'm not wrong, that would be my first time, I guess, representing um, the Singapore Uni Council for, for international competition then. Mm -hmm. And I was, again, very excited, right? As a senior athlete. Now it's over the men's open height already. Yeah. Um, and then I went for it, and I did a 14-7. So, so I, hit the I hit the qualifying time in, and in the AUG. competition itself. Okay. Yeah, so I was very happy, and I mean, it's a personal best. Yeah. What else can you ask for? Uh, and that really encouraged me. Right. Yeah. Plus, competing against international athletes, mm. many of which competed at the SEA Games, Games later in the next year. Yeah. So it, it also gave me a chance to really compete internationally, see who my competitors were, and to to race internationally at the open height. Mm. Yeah. And during this period, as you juggle uh, medical school and training, how was it coming along for you? Yeah, so I, I, I made sure, you know, having learned my lesson from like <laughs> J1 and J2, uh, made sure that, you know, studies were the priority. Okay. And then uh, really made sure that I was on top of my studies and planning in advance. So meaning, meaning if like for ASEAN Uni, fortunately ASEAN Uni was held during our school holidays. So, right. so it wasn't any issues there, but even at ASEAN Uni, I was studying. Okay. Like I remember there was another... <laughs> another medical, another one of my medical schoolmates. So both of, both of us during free time, we were just studying together. Right. Yeah, in, in, in the games village. Uh, but yeah, so make, making sure that, you know, whatever free time you have, I'm studying. If I'm not training or resting, I'm studying. So give me a sense of the, uh, the academic workload and your training load. What kind of hours were you spending in terms of going to classes mm. during an average week? And okay. how many hours were you training? I, so this is off, off my memory 10 yeah. years ago, right? Uh, it's, so the, the first two years of medical school are pretty similar to JC in the sense that uh, 8 to 12 are lectures and then 2 to 5 are tutorials. Okay. That's the general structure. So it's mainly an 8 to 5 day. And then I train in the evenings after that. Okay. So not too different from um, JC. And so you applied the same concept of balancing of sports and studies mm. but now of course the workload is a lot higher mm. you are expected to do a lot more self-directed learning um, right. to make sure if there are concepts or topics you are not sure you clarify uh, either researching online or you talk to your tutors after that so you're in school essentially from eight to five generally yeah. generally mm. and you have a three-hour training session or two-hour training session coming yeah i, I have to make sure that my training wasn't too long okay so that i could go back home to study after yeah so i tried to keep it two two and a half hours in general okay and you yeah. were training daily I, I would train in i would train in nus um I probably trained about five times a week. Okay. Yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't like seven, six, seven sessions. It was about five sessions a week. Five sessions a yeah. week, about two and a half hours each. Yeah. So you go back home, you can still put in a couple of more hours. Yes. Okay. Study. So sleep. Sleep yeah. is a huge I, thing for me. I was me. coming to you yeah. about sleep. Because what for myself for myself, sleep is important. If I don't sleep enough, I don't function well. Okay. And then your training is also in a sense wasted. You don't recover well after training. Mm. And then you can't train well the next day. All right. So for me sleep was a priority, which meant that when I studied, I focused and there were no distractions. Okay. So generally, if like 
you finish school at 4.30 or 5, then you mm-hmm. train from 5.30 to about 7.38, you go back home, you have dinner, um, wash up, I guess by the time you sit down and study, it's like 9.30 or 10, mm-hmm. right? So let's say earliest 9.30, then I'll study until 10.30, 11. But for me, generally 11 was the hard day, hard okay. timing to stop, and then I would sleep to prepare for the next day. Mm-hmm. So I'll still get my seven to eight hours of sleep, okay. minimally seven, yeah. Okay, so you still manage to sleep enough so that you know that you can function yes. in class the yeah. next day. If not, also, if you are so tired and you are studying, for me, nothing goes in. So, no point <laughs> acting like you are studying but nothing going in. Right, right, right. Yeah. And when did this realization of how your body functions based on how many hours of sleep, when did that hit you? Did it hit you in JC1? Did it hit you mm-hmm. earlier? Because not many people are so disciplined about sleep. <gasps> Okay. I would say I would say probably JC two. Okay. During the last six months or last five months before A levels, uh, and especially so like when classes sort of stopped, mm. uh, and you know you just started preparing for A levels only, mm. then you sort of had a lot of flexible time to play with and right. see what works for me. Right. So I would yeah I think during JC period J two I I would yeah play around my sleeping hours see how okay. that worked work for me, then throw in some exercise see how that affected my studying as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you were. Deliberately studying how your body reacted yes. to how much sleep, when you go to sleep, yeah. just to see the effect on it. Yeah, and then you optimize it and see okay. what works. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I, I carried the same strategy back into medicine after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you more or less managed to maintain that kind of schedule yes. yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was 2014, ASEAN Uni end of the year, and then 2015. Uh, then 2015 is like, oh, SEA Games coming right. up, want to qualify. Uh, still quite far away, 14.7 is not, it's nowhere close to 14.1. Mm-hmm. Um, but never mind, the idea is improve, right? right? Just keep improving our personal best and see where it takes me. So just continue with it and sing open. Um, okay, medical, medical school exams are frequent, okay. right? So, so you need How to frequent learn. is frequent? Two, three months, every two, three months minimally. Okay. Yeah. And every small posting that you have, you, you have an exam anyway. Yeah, it may be big or it may be small, but you have exams along the way. Mm. Uh, so exams after a while became very routine. Mm. Um, you just needed to know, like you know, plan ahead, prepare. You, if you know you're having competitions, okay. right? During or right after exams, then you need to study in advance right. so that you can maintain your training throughout. Yeah, at the senior level, you can't get away with training three times a week, lah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, right. Yeah. So. Um, there was Sing Open, I think was in April. Mm. My exams was in April, if I'm not wrong. Similar period. Right. So I I knew and I planned in advance and I just made sure that I was on, on track for my studying, uh, such that through the exam period I was still training. Okay. Yeah. Yes, maybe not two and a half hours, cut it down to one and a half to two hours, be selective of what I need to do. Um um, yeah, because I cannot regret my studies, right? Mm. So you adjust your workouts, you adapt it, but make sure you at least maintain your standard through. And, and, and so I did that through the exams. And once we hit, after my exams, it was sing open. And then sing open, in the hits, I ran 14.50, which was a huge drop. And then my dad came to me and was like, you know what's the national record? I was like, no. He was like, 14.45. <laughs> so just 0.05 away. And there's a finals two hours later. So I was like, okay, that means I can try and hit break the national record. So, um, I mean, 
going into the finals. Again, so this is the first time the national record. Yes, that was the first time the national comes record up came to, to your my mind. consciousness. Yeah, right. I yeah. can break this because fourteen five to a fourteen four is quite far, like it's, it's not that near. Um, but yeah, when I hit fourteen five zero, then zero point zero five is really quite close. Um, yeah, then going to the finals. I mean, of course, I was praying. I was uh, trying to keep myself composed. Again, you are racing with all your C Games athletes, C yeah. Games um, competitors. Yeah. Um, and then in the finals, I saw the timing. Fourteen four four, zero point zero one. Under you know, the national yes, record. Yes, under the national record. And I was like super <laughs> ecstatic. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. And my, my dad was really happy. Yeah. Right. And I suppose it's a different level of uh, happiness and ecstasy compared to your first silver medal. Yes, it was different. It was different because you you had, you had roughly know where you are now, you know, and, and, um, and it's a national record, you know, personal best national record, mm. something you didn't really think about much uh, until like, Sing open, right? Yeah. Okay. And then how how did that ability to break the national record affect you? How did that change you at that point in time? So at that point, I was very hopeful and uh, that that I will get selected to go for Sea Games because okay. I mean it's a new national record, um, and you know it, it is now reasonable in a, a reasonable range to the bronze medal mark now. Okay. Uh, so I was, I was quite excited. I, I knew I, had, I stood a chance to go for the SEA Games okay. and I was just really hoping that uh, provisions will be made to, to, okay. to have a buffer area lah, to let us go. And, and they did. So I managed to go for the SEA Games um, uh, yeah, in 2015. Okay. So Chen Xiang, 2015 SEA Games, first time you represent Singapore at a major games. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so I think going for the SEA Games, especially on home soil, was like, and, and being my first year was, was very exciting for me. Um, definitely, it was my first major games, young athlete, you know, wanting to go out there again to do my personal best. I knew who I was up against, they were all fast runners. Um, and so for me, it was to do my best, see how far I can go. Mm. Uh, of course, you know, I knew all my friends would be watching. That was fun and exciting as well also a little bit stressful um, yeah so uh, I remember leading up to the games just training I mean five maybe six times a week but okay. yeah probably five or six times a week um, still juggling that with school and fortunately SEA Games was during my term break so it, it was I could really didn't really have to take LA for that I could compete um, and train in the last one two weeks leading up to it quite well uh, yeah so I how I did I, I broke the national record again mm -hmm. uh, during the heats I ran fourteen three eight and I came in ninth <laughs> <laughs> I came in ninth I didn't make to the finals which was which I was quite sad I mean of course the aim was to make the finals right. at least um, but I broke the national record okay. couldn't you, I mean like my dad always says right you do your best you can't really ask for more broke the national record I was happy um, slightly disappointed I didn't make the finals but. Overall, a very great, good experience uh, going in as a young athlete and really competing against guys who are older than me and, and who, have, who have been there, done that. Yeah. So how did that experience of a major games, first time you're wearing the Singapore flag on your chest, how did that impact how you saw maybe the next phase of life as a uh, athlete, yeah. high performance athlete? Yeah, so I mean, after going for first SEA Games, you, you then think like, when's the next SEA Games, right? Okay. I, yeah. Two years time, 2017, I'm going to work towards that. 
to, to really do well and 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 okay. put on a good showing there lah. Um, yeah, so so I would say definitely inspired me to go further okay. and to, to to really train harder and go as and really see how far I can go mm. So that wet your appetite that yep. says to you, okay, maybe this is worth continuing. So yep. now you have to make some decisions. You're still in medical school. Mm. You've done a couple of years of uh, medical school by it was then. Pro- it was my second year of medical school. Right. Then. Yeah. Second year. So how, how did that, what did that make you think about how you should structure your medical school uh, life and your high performance training? Okay. So, so I think I mentioned previously year one and year two is mainly a lecture tutorial based. Yep. Um, then year three onwards, year three, year five is really uh, hospital based learning, okay. internships, uh, medical postings. So, so life changes drastically when okay. you go into the clinical years. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't know what to expect, mm. but my senior said it would be hard. Okay. So I was like, okay, prepare, uh, get ready for it. Um, but I think now I want to do well on my track and field, right? Right. So, um, essentially, I want I, I knew I wanted to continue medical school, okay. of course, and and um, balance it with my studies, lah. So, I had to take a few LAs mm. in year three. Yeah. Okay. Um, year three, year four. Maybe to, just to help people understand, mm. how does life change drastically as you are out in the clinic? Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so now. Depending, it varies from posting to posting. So there are medical postings, surgical postings, yeah. um, and subspecialty postings. So it really depends on the posting. But in general, mm. now you are no longer in a classroom setting. You don't get to right. sit down. Right. Uh, you are on your feet the whole day. Okay. So what was your experience? Um, gen- well, it varies from posting to posting. But okay. um, I would say that your day could start at 6.30 mm-hmm. um, and then end at 6 p.m. Okay. Um, so of even course, longer not every day, yeah, longer hours, definitely earlier days. Okay. It didn't always end at 6 p.m. Sometimes it would end at 4, end at 5. Okay. Um, that was one, longer hours. Uh, unpredictable days because mm-hmm. you, you don't know when the day will end because yep. you follow around, you follow the doctors around. Okay. And if there are tutorials built in, then, then the tutorial lasts as long as it needs to last ah. to cover the topic. Okay. Right? So there's a bit more uncertainty there. You need to be flexible with your training plan. And that was the first issue I faced, okay. right? Uh, having long hours, uncertain timing in which you ended school yep. slash work. Um, the second problem I faced was being on your feet the whole day. Right. Yeah. The only time you sat down was during meal times and, and okay. when you had tutorials. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so your legs are always tired okay. from standing and walking around. Okay. And that was something I needed some getting used to. Yeah. Uh, which you 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 gradually adapt lah after after a few few weeks and months. Yeah, I think those are the two big changes I had to face. And of course, now that you are you spending most of the time in hospital mm. in the evenings, you really need to catch up on what you saw in the hospital mm. and prepare for the next day ahead. Okay. So how did that impact your training in terms of both the scheduling of it, the timing of it, as well as your physical uh, ability because you're standing the whole. Yeah. Time. So so in terms of the. Standing part, I think it was easy. I tried to sit as much as I could. Okay. If, when I could, I saw. When I could, I would sit down. Uh, when I was at home at night, I'll raise my legs up. Um, scheduling for training wise, I knew, you know, if I wanted to compete well, I still needed to train hard, which which means training would continue mm. through the clinical years. 
So, I mean, if work ends at 6, then you go to train at 6.30 okay. after that. And, and you have to be very, very targeted in your training because you still have to go to study after that, right? Okay. Um, and if you end at 4.30, great. Then you don't have to rush. Right. You can train right. a bit longer. You have more time to study. Okay. Yeah. And did mm, you still yeah. manage to sleep at 11 o'clock? Yes. Sleep still continues. Okay. Same thing. Because uh, maybe I haven't slept at 10.30 because you have to wake up earlier now. Yes. Yeah. Because same idea, right? You don't sleep. You wake up feeling like a zombie going to the hospitals. Mm -hmm. You get quizzed by the doctors. You cannot answer. And then, right. I mean, it doesn't work that way. So you still manage to get your seven hours? Yes. Yes. Okay. In general, still manage to get my seven to eight hours of sleep. Just had to really make sure that, again, when I study, I study properly. Okay. Lunchtime, I'm studying. Okay. If there's nothing to do, waiting for things to happen, I'm studying. Okay. Yeah. So Squeezing out time. Yeah. So I understand you took a lot of leaves of absences, right? Um, or LOAs, as we call them. Um, I suppose that was because you decided there's some things you cannot move. <laughs> there's some things you just cannot juggle. Yeah. Can you share a bit about uh, yeah, so I the mean, thinking behind the LOAs? Competition schedules, you can't really change. Like. So um, all you can do is um, project in advance, inform the school, ask for permission. And, and NUS was very supportive. They, they, they granted me all the LAs I, I requested mm -hmm. for. Um, and I was very fortunate because the LAs never clashed with any important um, exam. I mean, okay. not, never clashed with any exams. Okay. So in a sense, um, it was okay for me to go as okay. long as I made sure I was responsible for my studies. I think throughout my entire NUS journey, I took about eight, eight okay. LAs. Um, that must be something of a record, is it? <laughs> I'm not sure. For medical school? I'm not sure, but all I can, okay. I have to say my, my faculty were very supportive okay. of it. Okay. Yeah. So, when, when Asian, you... there was like, yeah, Asian Indoor, ASEAN Uni Games, okay. uh, some uh, Hong Kong Open, Taiwan Open, those kind of competitions. So, as a result of taking eight LOAs, how much longer did you extend your medical school studies? No, I, I didn't extend my medical school. I, I took so of the eight LAs, seven were short LAs, I like see. a few days, two, three days, two, three days. Oh, because, okay. because each competition okay. is about five days long, right? Okay. Um, each competition is about for, for the general structure of track competitions is competition is Saturday, Sunday. So you normally fly out fly down two days before. So that means you fly down on a Thursday. Okay. You train on Friday, you compete Saturday or Sunday or both, and then Monday you fly back. So you don't miss that much. School. Okay, so you're talking about very targeted, short-term yep. LOAs where you're excused from uh, from the hospital for a while. Yeah. Hospital. Okay. So okay. seven, if I'm not wrong, seven was short, and then of course the one was, was my gap year. Okay. After I completed year four, and then before I started final year. Okay, so maybe tell us a bit about that long one-year uh, LOA. Yep. What's the thinking behind that? What led up to it? So. It was, I think back in year four, year, end of year three, start of year four period, I was planning in advance for the SEA Games in 2017. And, and I was like, it's very tiring to train, okay. to work, I mean, to go to hospital and then study and train at the mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be optimal like, in terms of performance. Uh, so, so I decided to initiate a discussion with my, my uh, vice dean. Okay. And I initiated this one year in advance uh, before the actual gap year happened because I needed to, to just give them a heads up first yep. and then see if they could allow me to do it. Mm -hmm. And if not, what, how we could work around it. Okay. So I just 
floated up this issue to them and they were like, you know, go ahead and take the gap year. <laughs> it was like zero resistance. They were like okay. very supportive. Were you surprised? I was surprised. Okay. I was surprised. They were like, please go ahead, we'll support you. Okay. Um, yeah, when you come back, if you need help, if you need help, ask the tutors mm. or tell us in advance before you come back, we provide some tutors to bring you through the, the big topics mm. so that you're ready to start final okay. year after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and my dad was was supportive, but he was uh, slightly worried about you know how I could jump back into medicine after that. Cause I mean taking one year away from studies, mm. uh, you get a bit rusty. Okay. Cause um, medicine is not just knowledge; it's also practical skills yep. and uh, physical examination, which which has sequences okay. and protocols and stuff to do. Okay. So he was worried I I I would forget all those things and how mm. I get back up to speed. Then plus assimilating into a new cohort, right, right? Right. One year younger than you. So did those concerns also uh, affect you? Did you think about those things? Yes, I was definitely worried about, about losing touch with my medical skills okay. and knowledge and having and, and restarting it. Mm. I knew it was going to be very painful. It's like, you know, it's like stopping sports for one year and then going to start again. Uh, terrible. The first one, okay. two months, definitely terrible. So I, I knew it was going to be the same for medical school again. Okay. But um, But you didn't think that you could do both for that lead up. For that particular year, you decided, no, no, this is not going to work, LOA. I, I want to train full time. I guess, I, I, I didn't, not that I, I, I thought that I couldn't do both. I, I knew it was possible to do both, mm. but I really wanted undivided attention okay. at my training and my competition. Mm. And I also wanted to see how far I could take this okay. and, and I have no regrets. Okay. Because I knew once I started work, right, it would be it would be tough lah. Yeah. Work as a doctor is, is really tough. So I wanted to take a gap year when when I was still in a very structured environment where I had school and NUS to help me through yeah. if required. Okay. Um and I wanted to take a gap year because I wanted to train overseas, mm. see how they train see whether environmental like the culture and environment affects your ability to, to right. train to improve to compete okay. and to just go on you know a lot more competitions and, and expose myself to that intensity of competition so this is the gap year from the period uh, leading up to the SEA Games in 2017 uh, 2017 to 2018 period SEA Games was 2017 end of the year I think okay so I took my gap year starting what August 2017 Oh no, earlier than that. Earlier oh, than yeah, that. I, took, I took it a bit earlier. The medical cycle is a bit different. I see. So okay. yeah, I think March, April period. Okay. Yeah. So you take this gap year, you went overseas. Where, where did oh, you? Oh, I went to Japan for okay. about uh, three to four months. All right. Uh, I trained in a university, sports university over there. Um, and then after that was the SEA Games. Okay. Yeah. So I spent some time there. It was, it was really an eye-opening experience because you train with like, three, four other hurdlers, I think four, four, five other hurdlers who are faster than you and you are playing catch up, right? And like, okay. I remember the workouts were tough and it's like, I was struggling not to be last in training. Uh, yeah, it's a make it or break it kind of thing. Like you right. just keep going and going okay. and going and, and hopefully okay. you improve, which I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. I didn't, okay. I didn't improve, which was really disappointing. Like it was very, very disappointing when you you're putting so much hard work and you are not improving okay and you and the thing is you don't know what's happening like i, I don't know why i'm not improving right you would think that going to an environment where higher performing athletes might raise your yeah. game right but did not happen no it just didn't happen i, I was running slower times 
and, and I was like, I was just like, disappointed and, and surprised. That's right, and you've taken LOA. And yeah, you're on a right? gap year, there's opportunity cost to it. Um, so you must have been feeling very doubtful, very un, yeah, uncertain. Yeah, definitely very doubtful and uncertain. And, and you, you were questioning your decision. Why am I taking LOA when I'm deproving? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how badly did that affect you? Um, I mean, yes, there were doubts, but you you don't stop lah. You just keep going, right? You just keep going. And and okay. so I I I went into the Sea Games. Um, I knew I had good volume of training in, but I guess technical execution wise probably wasn't there. Okay. Um, but but again, I knew at that that year I I did have a shot at the medal. Um, but I came in fifth. I think I came in fifth in that Sea Games. Um, disappointed, disappointed because I was hoping that this good block of five five months before Sea Games could right. prepare me prepare me well okay. for it, but I didn't. Um, yeah, missed out on the medal. Disappointed. Okay. And I would that be one of the major disappointments? Looking back. Yeah, probably one. Yeah, one of one of the major ones. Um, yeah, but I mean, life goes on. I still have another half of my gap year to, to okay. go. So what did you do? And that? I think, I mean, yeah. there, there was another target of trying to go for the Commonwealth Games in 2018. So um, we decided, to, you know, to go to Hong Kong to train. Um, my dad knew the coach over there. And we decided to go to Hong Kong and not back to Japan, not back to Japan because Japan will be very cold. It's going to hit towards winter, so right. you can't train properly. So we went to Hong Kong to train for a good three months. Yeah. So again there, volume of training was very high. Um, but it was good. It was a very small team, mm. jet hurdlers and um, a lot of sparring. Who are you training with? The, the national hurdles group. La. In Hong Kong? In Hong Kong, yeah. Okay. So yeah, high volume of training and, and just putting the hard work. Okay. I think I think timings were improving. At least training timings were improving. So compared to your time in Japan, yeah, this trip to Hong probably Kong a bit better. But again, better. no major breakthroughs. Okay. No major breakthroughs. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I think somewhere in January, uh, the Singapore team we went for competition circuit in Australia, in Perth, if I'm not wrong, and timings were so so lah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. also still quite disappointed. Again, didn't qualify for Commonwealth Games. So. Okay. A bit disappointed, but very happy with the experiences. Okay. With with the experience of being a full time athlete. Okay. Um, traveling, competing, you know, traveling alone, living alone. Okay. Uh, meeting new people, learning the Japanese way of training, okay. Hong Kong way of training, knowing what I'm lacking, learning new skills and drills. Yeah. So timing's not great, but, but learned a lot. The experience of being Definitely. a full time athlete Definitely. was uh, eye opening. Yeah. Okay. And what, what do you think were the major lessons that you think about, you know, being a full-time athlete that you took away? I would say, I mean, there's that, there are sporting, sporting like technical lessons in terms of your hurdles and sprinting. Yeah. Then, seeing the world. I mean, okay. uh, learning that, I mean, seeing how other people live okay. and train and see their uni systems, right? Mm. How, how their uni works. How the Hong Kong national training system works, right? And then okay. just sort of like comparing it to Singapore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what was some of the learning points? What were some of the positive learning points from those two uh, countries for you? Mm. 
I think in terms of Japan, the I remember the local competitions that they had. It was there were a lot of participants, right? Um, and it felt almost like a carnival set feeling. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like everything was official. University I, level. Yeah, university level competitions. Okay. It was like a university invitational kind of thing. Um, I mean, timings were all official, right? But mm. it was a carnival feel to it. Interesting. Which was when nice. You say yeah. Carnival. That means it's fun and music. It's a bit more it's fun. Like uh, maybe not music, festive but yeah, atmosphere. correct. You, you feel it's a very friendly environment. Okay. Not you don't feel like a strong competitive sensation. Okay. Even though they are in comp- competing yeah. universities. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then everyone just setting up their mats, chatting, I mean, ha- having fun, chatting with each other, like across okay. unis and stuff, catching up with their friends. I mean, I'm sure they were high school friends, they went to different unis, right? I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very uh, collegial. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that was quite quite fun to, to be in. To be in. Um, I also went for a training, like a training camp with, with the uni athletes. That was, okay. that, that was also fun, you know, getting to live with them, see how they, they live. Yeah, then Hong Kong side, I think um, what the positive experiences was really like learning how they are how they are supported through the various stages of their their athlete cycle mm. and what was different. I would say generally generally quite similar to Singapore. Um, they don't have SEA Games, so everything is based off their Asian rankings. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it's a bit probably a bit harder for them. But there is also a lot of volume of comp- competitors. So in Hong Kong, too. in Hong Kong, yeah. Okay. So you you like I guess in Singapore you have maybe one one hit of like eight athletes, right. six to eight athletes of hurdlers, right? Mm-hmm. In Hong Kong you probably have three to five hits. That's how many hurdlers they have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And big so difference. yeah, there's a big pool of athletes to, to choose from, and yeah. the competitive spirit is quite high there. Like okay. like everyone is competing to beat each other and to go faster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so then contrasting that, then with the, uh, I guess the uni the yeah the uni races in Japan, yeah. it wasn't really that high level national races lah. Okay. So maybe it wasn't a direct comparison. Yeah. Okay. So I guess coming to the you know, last part of the interview. Um, after uh, 2017 SEA Games, um, what are the other major highlights of, of, uh, of your track and field career uh, that you want to bring up? Mm, 20, yeah, after 2017 was then training towards the end of okay. 2017, then competed in Australia early 2018, and then after I was really getting ready to go back to school. Okay. Yeah, so, so making sure I was ready to go back to school and you know, it's finally all medical school. <laughs> it's very stressful. Yeah, and, and it's really a big exam like the end of, end of okay. final year. Okay, and yeah. then I, I suppose uh, track and field just receded a little bit into the mm. background or not? Or did you keep the same intensity? I I mean, definitely not the same intensity as when I was full-time. Right. Full-time was like eight of sessions course. a week, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I still kept it at five times a week. Back to my usual schedule. Okay. Five times a week, of course, studies is predominant now. Um, and then making sure that studies is first, maintain my training, maintain my sleep, and carry on through for the whole year, like until my final exams. Okay. And and the final exams is a three or four week long, three to four week long exam period. Like it's a very stressful period. Uh, I always joke with my medical <laughs> schoolmates, like like you know what it's like to compete at the Sea Games. Like you don't have to you don't have to know what it's like to compete at the Sea Games. The final MBBS 
is way worse than SEA Games. Okay. Yeah. The intensity of exams is, is really very stressful. Uh. Yeah. Because there's just so much to study. Like you cannot finish now, you just keep studying and studying and studying. <laughs> yeah. And then you really want you really do everything to perfection, right? And you need to make sure that that you you are ready for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I train through it. I still train through it. Okay. Um, again, cut down my sessions to one half hours, making sure I got the bare essentials through. Uh, why? Because there was sing open four days after right. my final 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 paper. I see. Okay. Yeah. So you still wanted to maintain your baseline. You want to still compete. Yeah. And you're not going to give it all up. Yeah. So even through the most stressful yes, period the most stressful. of your medical it school life. by far the most stressful exam I, exams I've ever taken. Okay. And I'm sure every doctor will tell you the same thing. Okay. The most stressful. Um, okay. So yeah, four, four days after that was single open. I broke the national record in the heats. <laughs> and it's like, what's happening, right? Like, yeah. It's like... Unexpected. Yeah, unexpected. You no, know, I was just training through, um, juggling my exams and record in the hits. And what was the time? 14 to 7. Okay. 14 to 7. I think before that, the record was 14 3 6. Oh, I forgot. 14 3 6, I set it at one of the Australian okay. competitions during the circuit. Okay. Yeah. 14 to 7. So by that time, you had broken the record. I'm wow. losing count. Five times? Five maybe? times? <laughs> four, four, four. That was the fourth time. That was, yeah, that fourth, was the fourth time. time. Okay. Then in the finals, 14 to 6. Okay. Yeah. So that was the fifth, fifth time. time. And okay. And then I was, of course, super happy, excited, you know, Asian championships three weeks down the road, right? And um, yeah, excited to go for that. And mm. you know, I just finished my major exam. So yeah. I, we had a one month break uh, before we started work. So I could train properly, rest properly, and, and really feel like a full-time athlete again, right? Everything is just training and competing. Went for Asian championships was in Doha. Mm. Was it in Doha? Yeah, it was in Doha. Um, and then I ran 1425. <laughs> 0.01. <laughs> so record number so six. six. Record number six. <laughs> the race execution wasn't the best. Okay. But you know, fast track, strong competitors, you know, yeah. good lead up and you know you just yeah. run run to the finish line. Yeah. Okay. So very happy. But then now it was, you know. Changing my mindset back to okay, okay I'm going to start work now. Okay, yes. All right, life is going to be really different. I'm now a doctor. There, so you're heading into yeah. housemanship, right? Yes, housemanship. Uh, phase of life will change. The, what are the issues in housemanship and balancing that with sports that came up for you? Yeah, so so there's a huge difference between a medical student and a doctor, la. and I mean, and a houseman, yeah. right? Um, Long working hours, yeah. long, really long working hours, and now you have to contend with calls. Okay. Calls are overnight duties right. on top of your regular day, day work. How long is long? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to go into details, but, <laughs> but very long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Very long, yeah. Um, so there is really a lack of sleep. Okay. Um, no night, no day, is it? Yeah, and then, and then, and then you have to juggle your training, right? Okay. So, yeah. how do you train without enough sleep? Yeah. So, so surprisingly, my training timings were still very good in the first three to four weeks after starting work and doing my calls, right? Okay. And then after that, boom, it just dropped. It became terrible. Somehow there's a reserve. I, somehow your body can still hold it up, you know, you know, for a few weeks. And my brother was like, so my brother is my coach. 
So he's like, hey, your timings are still fast despite like not right. having slept for the past how many yeah. hours, right? I was like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Then my good lah, just continue. That's right. <laughs> then suddenly after three, four weeks, boom, it just became slow. And then we were like, okay, this is not working. Yes. So your plan. body yeah. is reacting, yeah, and rebelling against yeah, you. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, you just figure out you have to really account for the lack of rest, the increased workload, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the stress that comes with the responsibilities, the long hours. Okay. And factor that into training. You no longer can do that same volume of training. Simply because your body is tired from other sources. Yeah. And we just work around it. No? Okay. Um, training again had to be very flexible according to how I feel, um, how much I've slept, and what, what my workload was like through the day. And you really just have to take into account that your body now is facing a lot more stress than it's used to and, okay. and, and just slow it down, the training intensity, maintain, maintain what you can. Okay, yeah. so again, a very deliberate, conscious retweaking of your training yep. based on what was going on in your life, lack of sleep, yep. weird working hours, and you just chug through it, just you're like grinding through it. You, you are, you are. There's literally work and training and that's all. That's it. I guess the good thing as a head, as a head show is you don't have to study, okay. right? So you just work, train and sleep right. and they just right. repeat that. Right. I, yeah, I'll still put it in five times a week. Okay. Yeah, five times a week. But your sleep was haywiring. Yes, yes. So, so mm. you, you okay. do what you can in terms of your workouts. Okay. Like, but, but I still made a point okay. uh, to still go down because because you 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 cannot let you cannot let sleep your discipline. Okay. If a man going down and instead of doing four sets of of the workout, you mm-hmm. cut it to three or even to two, okay. you still did the workout. Okay. Yeah, you cannot give your body the excuse. Okay. Yeah. So you wanted to do it regardless. If not four, then three sets. It's not three, then two. Then yeah, two. Just get it done. Two is still better than zero. Exactly. That's exactly what I always tell uh, people, right? Two is better than zero. One is better than zero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I mean, once you go down and you do one, you're like, okay, I'll do two. Okay, I'll okay. do three. But of course, okay. balance it how my body felt. Okay. Okay, Chen Xiao, we are coming up to the point where you are, you know, heading into uh, 2019 SEA Games. Uh, you, you just talked a bit about your schedule as a houseman. You got crazy hours. Um, you know, let's talk about that lead up to 2019 SEA Games. Yeah, so, so I know SEA Games is the end of the year and I was still training five times a week, getting ready for it. I would say going in, I knew I still had a shot of doing a good time because the splits in timing were, were still fast, but inconsistently fast. Meaning okay. I was not consistently hitting fast time, but I could still hit fast times. Okay. So going in, I knew you know I needed a little bit of luck on my side to win a medal. Okay. Um, but now you, there in, there's inconsistency. I, I need a bit of luck. Okay. Uh, Where was course, this inconsistency coming from? You think probably from the lack of volume of training. Okay. Yeah. So so I could still keep my 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 fast timings, but I may not be able to hold it for every split. So this is the first time that you are having inconsistency of yes. timing. Yes. Yes. Would that be correct? Yeah. Pro- okay. Probably so. Yeah. More obvious inconsistency. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, because of the, the work work and training schedules, right? Yeah. So going in, I, I knew, I, I mean, my, my coach and I discussed, we said, it's still possible to do a fast time, possible, but you just need a bit of luck. And, and that's all we, we go in, we do our best anyway. Mm. So went in, luck wasn't on my side. <laughs> Did very badly. Uh, was, I was really disappointed in my timing. Okay. Um, 
But at the same time, what was the timing? Fourteen five five, if I'm not wrong. Okay. I mean, by any measure, isn't isn't that slow? But mm, I was hoping for more. Definitely hoping for. What more. did you think you were capable of? Fourteen two. Okay. Yeah, fourteen two definitely. Okay. So that's way off. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I remember, I remember going out of the stadium and then, and then, um, feeling like, feeling terrible because mm. I was training so hard, mm. uh, despite my schedule, and it felt like everything I'd done over the past eight months at that point or mm. six months at that point just okay. down the drain when you literally. say terrible how terrible was terrible i burst out crying okay yeah first time i i had cried in many many years mm. burst out crying um my parents found me i told them <laughs> i don't recall but my dad told me mm. that i said i wanted to quit okay and i was like it's like all this was for nothing i wanted to quit mm. um what's the point of even training right yeah so I was really emotional then. My dad was like, I mean, go and sleep, right? Think about it, go and sleep. Don't, don't worry about it, you know? Mm. You did your best. And I did, I did my best. Um, mm. it, it was tough, it was tough, mm. yeah. Mm. But I think for myself, every time I do a terrible race, mm. um, I give myself one night right. to, to, to feel bad mm. and the next day I reset. I'm ready to go. So this was intensely felt by you because you felt you had disappointed yourself? Myself. Yeah. Okay. I, I felt like I had put in so much work. Um of course putting so much work, not in the raw sense of just training, but working and training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By any means, training five times a week, one and a half hours to two times each time is very little. Right? If you compare across yeah. nationality, it's very little. But that was the maximum I could do. Correct. And I literally squeezed out every bit of time I had to train. Weekends, by holidays, if I wasn't working, right. I would be training. Right. Because you yeah. were training under very difficult circumstances. Yeah. You had there was literally nothing else that I was doing other than work and right. train. Right. Yeah. Okay. But knowing that you had such a difficult lead up, yet you felt very uh, terrible about the performance. Yeah, because why? Why did you not cut yourself? That's like yeah, you know. So so I yeah, of course. Not about my head. Correct. And about about my head is like yeah. I mean, I'm juggling housemanship and training. You know, I can't expect one. But mm. then I told myself that's an excuse. Okay. I'm not going to give myself excuses. Okay. It is possible to do it, mm. and and yeah, no excuses. Okay. I did badly, own the bad result, move on from there. Okay. So, but that was not the first time you had had a bad result, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but why did you feel it? so deeply so, this time even with such a non non ideal setup lead up to the game it was you had the perfect excuse to say that i know, guess yeah i guess it's you, call excuse, you could call it an excuse it was but it was it was really the pain that i gone through over the past six months okay or, or so it just felt like it, it really just okay. felt like everything went down the drain okay. in a sense like nothing came out of it right so you yeah. felt like you had actually put in a lot more because you had yeah endured all the weird timings and the weird sleep hours and disruptions and, then training, and yeah. the training and you had, yeah. you had tried your best tried your best really 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 nothing else right was on the radar in those mm -hmm. six months everything was work and work and train work and train so life had just narrowed yeah very yeah. much to zero social life train zero. work sleep train work yeah sleep. okay yeah and um 
yeah, intensely emotional. But like I said, as with all my bad races, sleep over it, the next morning I'm reset, I'm ready to go. And so, did you reset? Yeah, you next reset? morning woke up, you know, the race was bad, it's fine, I'm moving on, what's the next race? Mm-hmm. And then you start planning for it. Okay. Yeah. And that was one of the most intensely, intense disappointment you had ever felt? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, then I think moving on, 2020, yeah, 2020, I was still a house officer finishing my last posting there. Okay. Uh, then you hear rumors of COVID coming, uh, okay. you hear about China, you're like, okay, hopefully it doesn't come to Singapore. And, and it did. Okay. Um, so then now you are a medical officer mm. working in COVID environment. Right. And then I get posted to the emergency department. Okay. And it's tough, right? So how do you fit in high performance training? Yeah, I, I mean, you... First, I guess, first consideration is don't get COVID. At that point in time, there's a lot of uncertainty around yeah. COVID, right? What's, how, how, how dangerous is it? Mm. How effective is it? Um, so what, one, don't get COVID. Mm. Two, try to juggle training when even though there's lockdown happening. So I think like, like most other athletes, we did what we could in, mm. the, in, the, in the lockdown setting. Um, what and, did you and, do? Well, a lot of... Well, I'm very fortunate to have a home gym. Okay. Um, so, so I could... Strength work wasn't an issue. Um, um, then, then you need to get in your running, mm. um, use resistance bands to do resistant runs and, and do what you could uh, to really maintain okay. uh, your level of fitness and decrease the level of improvement. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like to put it as, if you cannot maintain your level, at least decrease the improvement <laughs> so that when you have time to pick up, then okay. it's not so bad. Did it cross your mind? to stop your sport at that time? It, no, it didn't. Okay. It didn't. It was like, a, okay, this is temporary. Just train through it. Okay. And yeah, so that was most of 2020, right? COVID. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I knew, I knew Enlistment was coming up next. January 2021, uh, okay. I'll be so up in. NS is on the horizon now, again. Yeah, okay. yeah so, so the general structure is that I finished my uh, BMT minimally, DWL OCS, study med school, uh, you must do the emergency posting, yep. then, then you go back to NS. Mm. Uh, so go back to NS, I have to serve out as an NSF, right? my one year, yep. six months remaining, one year, five months remaining um, in January. And so then, okay, I, I was like thinking, can I train, you know, yep. 2021 SC Games. Yep. Um, so how does that work? NS and training. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, Brazil, NS to me is important. So, so mm. if you are in a training phase of NS, I mean, you have to do what you need yep. to do. La. So first three months was MOCC, which is a medical officer conversion course. Um, during that time when I had, I mean, on the weekends, mm. if I had time to train, book out, I would train. Okay. Yeah, maintain my hurdling, hurdling skills then. What? On the weekdays, if... Once, twice on the weekend? Or? Well, okay. So in general, the schedule is such that we book out on Saturday afternoons okay. and book in Sunday nights. Well, so I can only train once yeah. on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings, yeah. yeah. Then, or Sunday evenings. Then, um, I guess on the weekdays, if there, if we have chance to do self-regulated PT, then I'll do my training. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so okay. some nights we get chance to do our own workouts, then I do my own okay. workouts, yeah. So, that was the schedule. It was tough to juggle, but again, like I said, maintain or decrease the improvement. Yeah. Uh, last through the three months, and then... Um, I think there was some uncertainty about C games at that point in time, mm. uh, whether it'll be postponed or not. Yep. But doesn't matter. I got posted to commandos. Right. Um, so April, 
April all the way to early November, I was involved in the training, lah, mm. training requirements to be a commando, uh, which included uh, airborne training, yeah. uh, commando officer conversion, okay. um, exercise 92, including the build-ups required, like the route marches and the build-ups required to even attempt the 72 camp, and then a few high-key outfields along the way as well. Okay. So, so it's full on. Yeah, I had to again juggle my training with yeah. that. Um, again, make sure that, of course, army comes first, yeah. right? Do my necessary training. If I have some rest days, free time, mm. put in my track training. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the sport takes a huge backseat. <laughs> in a sense, because yeah, la, if no you have a training right? phase of army, you can't really, you can't really jump out yeah. of it to, to train. Yeah. yeah. You're just reduced to whatever you can squeeze out during yeah. the week. You squeeze out what you can and do what and you can. And then on the weekend, that's it. Yeah. Weekends can train and train. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess then that after you finished the training phase, that coincided with, that would have coincided with the SEA Games, right? Yeah. So I guess based on the original schedule, if the SEA Games had been in November, then mm. unfortunately I probably wouldn't have gone for it. Okay. But fortunately for me, mm. uh, it was postponed to May, okay. which then was like good because I now could focus on right. my, my duties as a medical officer and then uh, in the evenings I would train properly okay. and weekends I could train properly. So I could juggle both. It was back to the usual, you know, work and train schedule. Okay. Um, so life settled down. Yeah, it was that. quite uh, routine from yeah. then on, I would say. Okay. I mean, generally routine. Yeah. Nothing is that routine in sure. army. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then, um, so from mid-November, I had a very good block of training. Mm. Um, and because I maintained my general level of fitness throughout, yeah. it made it very easy for me to get back. Okay. into shape okay. yeah, and, and get back that speed. Okay. Um, and then in January, I, I did very well in the, in the races there. I did 14.16, which was a new national record. Okay. And then a week later, I did That's 13. number six number seven. Seven. Okay. Then number eight Seven was, time you broke. Though. Yeah, number eight was sub 14, which was the highlight. Ah. Yeah, my target after that, I mean, I mean, midway through, I mean, 2016, 2017, it was like, you know, the thoughts of sub-14 always surfaced. Especially 2019, I was down to the 14-2 range. It was like very reachable to okay. sub-14. Where did you break the, the record, the 7th? Uh, January, this during our uh, Singapore uh, Nationals. Okay. Yeah, so I broke sub-14. Race execution was perfect, right? Start to finish. I, I, I rarely say I have a perfect race. I would say that's probably one of the rare times I had a perfect race. Okay. Had a good tailwind with me. <clears throat> Conditions were great. Weather was great. All right. Sub-14, and really... I'm really happy, yeah, with that. And then the number eight? That was number eight. Oh, so that was, that was number eight. eight. And that was at? At uh, the Singapore National Singapore Championships. Championships. The one yeah. in January? January was number seven. It was uh, one of the, it was a club Zoom oh, race okay. they held. So yeah. it was a club race, okay. Which I was very happy, I mean, very, very thankful because they, they actually did have uh, men's hurdles. They were more catered to the youth athletes. Okay. But they, they, they were very gracious in holding a race for okay. the senior athletes participating in the upcoming SEA Games. I see, yeah. as a qualifier. Yeah, correct. Okay. So, number eight, out of the way, then next event up is SEA Games. Yes, the next okay. event up was SEA Games. Tell me about the lead up and then the SEA Games. So, so yeah, lead up to SEA Games, um, I was quite lucky because I, I managed to plan out certain competitions to prep myself to sharpen my race performance prior to the SEA Games. Uh, of course, being in army, I had to ask for permission to get 
leave to go. Oh, okay. Uh, and and very thankful that Army has supported me in allowing me to go and compete overseas. Um, mm. uh, for those competitions, mm. which really helped me get ready for the Sea Games because it's different competing in Singapore and competing overseas, and it's different competing with different athletes mm. of different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely, I I would say. It got me very ready for the Sea Games in March and April. I went to compete in a few races, and then Sea Games was in May. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, tell me about the Sea Games and the race itself. So, Sea Games wise, going in, going in. I mean, I, I had expectations for myself. Okay. Um, what were your expectations? I definitely wanted to win a medal. Okay. Definitely. Um. But I also knew that, like my dad had always said, you can't control what position you come in. Yeah. You can only control the timing and the execution of your race. Okay. And so I reminded myself, you know, I execute well, mm. I do a fast time, I will win a medal. Okay. If I focus on other people, I will not win a medal. Okay. So okay. going in, I was very clear what I needed to do. Mm. And uh, um, my coach was there with me to remind me along the way what I needed to do throughout, throughout the, the time in, in Hanoi. Mm. Mm. Going to the race, um, everything was great. Actually, training was great. Competition was great. Um, smooth all the way. Smooth all the way. Generally, no issues. Um, the gun went off. I think um, I got a bit distracted. What was distracting you? Um, the, my competitor on the right, on the, on the left, started really quickly. And, and he turned out to be the eventual champion. Uh, so, so I was like, just distracted for a split second and then oh. I needed to really catch myself and get back into the race again. He must have had the fastest reaction time of the Yeah, and, and he's, he's sprinting in the first few steps really quick. Yeah, so I, 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 I was slightly distracted, but I was like, okay, you know what? I got to get this going, right? Don't, yep. again, focus on my race, my execution. Don't <laughs> worry about other people. Um, and then I managed to get back into the zone and, and really mm. hammer, hammer through all the way to the and end. we are talking about just this split second yes. after the gun goes off where yes. you're slightly distracted Correct. and you have to reset very quickly. Yeah, very quickly, which, which is why I was very grateful for the lead up races mm. to the SEA Games because if you don't have race preparation, mm. uh, races to get you in competition mode, the distraction will cost you. Okay. But okay. I'm very thankful that those lead up races got me back into, or at least, train my mind to get back into racing immediately to minimize any sort of, okay. uh, any sort of damage that the distraction might have, might have caused. Okay. Yeah. And that's the importance of racing. Okay. Yeah. And how would you rate the execution of that race where in, the, in Hanoi? Um, I mean, definitely the adrenaline play a huge, huge part. Uh, but I would say probably my, my first sub-14 was still better execution. Okay. Yeah. So but I mean, you are in a major games. The right. adrenaline really is going to be pushing you all the way, lah. And and I, I mean, based on what I watched from the video, like my, my second half was was quite strong, okay. and I finished strong, and I, I'm very happy for that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yes, execution is important. Mm. Um, but also, timing is important. Right? Get to the finish line fast. Um, in the major games, the timing matters, and then with the timing, the medals will come. Yeah. Okay. So I did what I could. Um, I I I really thrived on that adrenaline, and and did well, mm. Yeah. And that was the ninth time. The ninth time, broke the record. Yeah. Thirteen nine four. 
Yeah. Okay. So we've come to end of this uh, interview. I, I guess what we can do now is just, you know, just in summary, when you look back at all the years you've spent uh, pursuing high performance sport, pursuing your event, juggling your studies through secondary school, through junior college, um, through uh, medical school, and then NS. Uh, when you think about it, you know, if you look at the support system that you had, you know, who would you name as your support system? Who are the three, four people around you that made all the difference to you? Definitely my family. Yeah, okay. my parents, my coach, who is my younger brother. Mm. Definitely. I mean, they have supported me through throughout the entire journey, encouraged me even though I wanted to quit multiple times. Right. Um, my brother being, being, I mean, training me on the track, being very flexible in my work schedule, mm. um, never complaining about, you know, having to adjust the set multiple times because of how I feel, mm. whether suddenly uh, my work schedule changes. Right. And uh, even in competition, helping me with everything. Mm. Yeah, so, so definitely my family, my okay. coach. Yeah. And when you look at how you have grown you know, over the years, what, what do you think you've learned about yourself? Mm. The people around you are really important. Okay. Yeah, so, so if you surround yourself with people who believe in you and, and really push you all the way, mm. um, I think you can achieve great things. Mm. And I would say, I mean, I mean my achievements are, are nowhere near great. Definitely, far from great. But it's the journey of pushing through your doubt, pushing through the difficult times uh, that really builds your character, mm. I would say. What was the darkest or hardest moments for you? I would say both the gap year where you couldn't see any improvement okay. and the 2019 SEA Games where, where you just you know, did badly despite having to juggle everything. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, and so... So if you if you have, you know that you can can go through tough times mm. and you can push through and you know that there's a support system around you guiding you and, and really encourage you through a way that's that's very very nice to know la. Do you think you would have done anything differently? I don't think so. I don't think so. And and um and, and having been through the commando journey, mm. uh, I did really I would say mental resilience was something I really picked up on. Uh, mm. knowing that you know when you think you are out you're done mm. you actually have a lot more that you can dig deep and pull out and oh, continue going yeah so, so commando training definitely yeah help give you that yeah okay as well okay okay so i think all your life experience all my life experiences helped me mm. um mold me into who i am today and and you don't know right like if i remove this little bit here if i end this little bit that how will it change? You wouldn't know. Yeah. It may not make things better. It may make things better. I wouldn't know. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm very thankful for the journey I've been on. Okay. It was a long and it is a long journey. But, but I've grown a lot. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chen Xiang, thanks very much for taking the time to unpack uh, you know, a very remarkable journey. Balancing sports and studies through all your phases of life. And uh, I'm sure the, the younger athletes uh, coming through will uh, benefit from the experiences that you have shared. 
Yeah, I'm happy to share. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.